Got a green light. Yep, must be on. There we go. I get used to this thing sitting on my ear. Get that. How y'all this morning? Well, praise God. You know this duffel bag has been a long way with me. I got it in Alabama. In Alabama. I don't go to Alabama much. Nothing personal. If you're from Alabama. But uh, God knew what he was doing when he uh, had me born where I was born. I wasn't born in Indiana, I was born in Nebraska. Um, that's my stuff. I don't know about it. That there. I'll take that. You can take that. You can take this too. Get some juice, just in case I need some. Um, Y'all ready for the word today? You sure? Positive. Me too. Hallelujah. What's up, Jeremy? That's my teammate back there. You good? The, um, you know, the most powerful prayer a man or a woman can pray is God help me. Now that sounds real simple. But that's the most powerful prayer you can pray. It's amazing what happens when you ask for God's help. He does it. Amen. It's amazing that, that our God is, is just, you know, you can, I wasn't raised in a church. Um, in fact, I never saw a church until I was 17 years old. Nothing inside of one. It wasn't because my mama didn't try. She did. I just never seemed to make it. She'd send me, and I'd start down that street, but there was always a playground or something. As I was younger, it was a playground, and as I got older, it was a basketball court or some friends. Something always stopped me from going to that little Catholic church, St. Benedict, Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, again, no offense, but... I'm glad I never made it. Not because it was a Catholic church, but because you have to be ready to receive what God has for you. And sometimes the only one, in fact, most all the time, I won't say sometimes, the only one who knows when you're ready is him. Now, he'll send people by to water and to, to plant and all that good stuff. But only God knows when you're ready to reap a harvest. The, uh, what we're going to talk about today 
is trusting in God's process. Trusting in God's process. Now, first of all, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but I have glasses on because I have very sensitive eyes and these lights bother my eyes. So um, I'm not trying to be cool. I actually went on for a reason. But uh, that being the case, um, so again, I don't, sometimes you offend people and you don't even know. You really, I mean, you don't know that you offended them. I had somebody come up to me recently and they said, I just want to apologize to you. And I said, okay, for what? Well, I was offended by something that you said a long time ago. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. I said, they said, well, I want to apologize to you. I said, well, what was it? They said, don't even worry about it. It didn't affect you. It affected me. And I said, praise God. Well, whatever it was, you're forgiven. Like, bottom line is, is that life is too short. And my mama lived 92 years. But it was still short compared to eternity. So we don't have time to hold on to stuff. Amen? Whatever it is, let it go. But trusting in God's process. You know, the, the, this grace message, and I've got my Bible here, because I've got my pad here, and I just wanted y'all to know that I do look at this. And, and if you look at it, there's notes in here, and there's, there's a Bible that's been beat up for years. It's got specs on it, so. But uh, I do read that. I know where stuff is in it. Um, but the pad is so much easier. <laughs> the word doesn't exempt us from trouble. However, it does guarantee us the right and the authority to get out of it. I'm going to read that again. So the word does not exempt us from trouble. However, it does guarantee us the right and the authority to get out of it. When I first started hearing the things of God, and, and I don't know if this is you, but if it is you, I'm going to throw you a lifeline today. Because when I started getting into the things of God, it was a time that there was a, um, the word of God is the word of faith all the time. But there used to be a message, the word of faith message, which I don't know where that came from, because God's word is faith. But anyway, during that dispensation of time, it seemed as though in order to be a believer, you know, you had, either you had traditional church folks that go to church from 9 to 5 on Sunday. Just kidding. But it seemed that way. You had uh, folks that go to church at 6 o'clock in the morning and be out by 6.15. You had churches that met from 11 to 2 or 11 to 
three or 11 to one. And you had all these different churches. Then you came up with the faith movement and, and the people of faith were like, you know, you, you, you can't say this, you can't say that, don't do this, you can't do that because you're a person of faith. And so it almost kind of like that new message puts you in a new box. And like there was no room to grow. You had to be a faith superstar up front. You had to give right. You had to live right. You had to speak right. You had to do right. You better not ever cuss. You can listen to this kind of music, that kind of music, but don't listen to that kind of music because that music's not of God. Whether it's contemporary Christian music, whether it's hip-hop, you can't listen to hip-hop. That's dirty music. That's the devil's music. Like, hold up. I'm going to give you a new, a new view. Music came from one place. Music, notes, keys, there's no such thing as demonic music. What there is is that there's where the enemy has taken what God has created and has perverted it. But music from its foundation came from God. That's why music soothes you. It does something. To, it can take, music can take and change your mood. It can change how you feel. Because there's something that happens in notes. That's why when, when Kitty was playing the keyboard, there's some stuff that she would hit chord-wise that people don't even hear. But she heard it. It's like, where did you get that chord? But God put it in her. And so she's, even though she don't play she anymore outwardly, she still has that mind that thinks about that, that different. And so every once in a while, when Floyd was playing, she'd come up and she'd say, hit this. And he'd play it like, what you that? And you'll see her every once in a while before we, you, all, all y'all get here, if you were here early, sometimes she'll go up and she'll tell Justice, hit that note. And he'll put it together and it's like, okay. Because not everybody hears that stuff. She's got an ear that God has given her. But music changes your life. God has a place for everything. He has a part for people to play in everything. He has a role that he has for you to play in his plan in his process, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. Amen. Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said, and will he do, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will not make it good? Has he not said it? Will he not make it good? In other words, he will stand by his word. Amen. You know, 
as I was saying before, that the, the message of grace is so, so life-changing. Because it takes you out of that box that you have to do this, do that, be a certain way in order to be accepted. Jesus, his grace says, I accept you no matter how you are. No matter what you've done, I accept you. I received you into my family. Well, I cussed last week. He said, I don't care. I don't care if you cussed two minutes ago. Why? Because I love you. And my hand stretched out to you over 2,000 years ago to bring you in, to include you into my kingdom, not exclude you. A lot of times we, when religion has taught us, up to and including the faith message, has taught us exclusion rather than inclusion. What we can't do and what we can't be rather than what we can do and what we can be. God loves you. He loves you as you are and as you ain't. Amen. Fact is, he just loves you. Period. Say period. Amen. First Corinthians, well, First Corinthians 10. 12 to 13. It says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands alone take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overcome or come upon you except such that is common to all men. But God is faithful. Say, but God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted tested or tried beyond what you are able that is able to overcome but along with the temptation will also make what's another word for make provide what's another word create that's what I'm looking for he will also create say God will create the way of escape that you may be able to bear or withstand the assault and come out on top of it. God will create the way of escape for you. When he gave his best gift that he could possibly give, Jesus Christ, he thought about everything possible that would try to separate you from him. And he, because of the fact, because he thought of that, he said in his word that nor height nor depth, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So he wanted us to know something up front. He wanted us to know that no matter what we think or no matter what somebody thinks about you or no matter what somebody says about you, 
the only thing that counts is what he says about you. Kenneth Copeland said something a long time ago that just stuck with me. And he said that I never read anything bad about myself. He said, on the other hand, I never read anything good about myself. Because what other people say about you doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. People can think you're the best thing since sliced bread, but there'll be one person that in a heartbeat can change what others think about you by something that they say or something that they do. You know, the same people who cheered Jesus on are the same people that crucified him. Did you know that? The same ones that said, Hail King Jesus. You that man, you that dude, clear the way so he can get through, are the same ones who are standing in the crowd, who are yelling and screaming, crucify him, kill him. Now what happened between King Jesus, you that man, you that dude, what changed? Nothing. The only thing that changed is the atmosphere around the people. So the atmosphere around the people that you're around that you think that means so much to you about what they say about you, that atmosphere is something that's changed. And today you may be the best thing since sliced bread. Tomorrow you have the status of a brick. So you know, don't, don't get all involved in what people think. That's why I don't, I, I don't deal in social media. I just don't. Now, some people deal with it because they, you know, well, that's how I stay in touch with my family. and it's, Oh, that's cool. But I really don't care about what other people say about me. I just don't. I would tell my mother that all the time. She said, so-and-so said such-and-such about you. So-and-so thinks you this or that. They don't think you this, and they don't th I'm like, Mama. I said, look at me. We're sitting at the kitchen table. I said, Mama, look at me. She's like, what? I said, look at my face. She said, I'm looking at your face. What? I said, okay, now look at my lips. She said, what? I said, I don't care. She said, what? I said, I don't care. I don't care what they say, and I don't care what they think. I said, well, you can't say that. Oh, yeah, I can, because it's the truth. I don't. If it was good, I don't care. If it's bad, I don't care. They have equal weight for me. Because it's always subject to change. 
I was like, you know, bump that. So what people think about you or what people say about you is, is meaningless. It's what God, what does God say about you? He says you're more than a conqueror. He said greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That must mean something or he wouldn't have said it. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 10 again in the, in the message Bible. It says, these are the warning markers. This is 11 through 14. Message Bible. Danger in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end. And we are just as capable of messing up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be punished or pushed past your limits. He'll always be there to help you overcome through it. So my very dear friends, when you see people reducing God to something they can use or control, Get out of their company as fast as you can. God not, God's not a magic wand to be applied like a magic potion. God is a father and a parent, one who loves his kids and is committed to making sure we win in the end. He's not an abuser. That's why he's... He stressed nothing can separate us from him. God's not an abuser. God, God leaves us room. He doesn't want us to make mistakes, but by his blood, by Jesus, he left us room to make mistakes. Everything don't change for the better when you become a, a Christian. Amen. Stuff comes against you. The word says that it rains on the just and the unjust. He said the weather hits everybody. And sometimes as believers, it's like we expect that, well, that can't happen because I'm a Christian. No. It can happen stuff. Stuff happens to everybody. The word puts it another way, or the world puts it another way. Blank happens. But the thing that God has given us the ability to do is to change the circumstances around it. 
to make it work out for your benefit. You do that by the word. You do that by trusting in him. He's not a magic potion or somebody you can say. Because you say in Jesus' name, if you don't believe that, ain't nothing going to happen. If you speak over something you say in Jesus' name, and, and when you finish that in Jesus' name and you believe it, angels are going on, they're moving on your behalf. Now, they were moving before. But they're moving even more so because you've commissioned them to do what needs to be done. And they're there to work for you. That's their job. Any angel who is who messed up did that in the beginning. When, when, when God kicked Satan out and a third of the angels went with him, those were the third that ever were going to mess up. The ones that are looking after you, they don't jack stuff up. They do it right. They're there to make sure God's word comes to pass. Notice in the Bible that there are Good Bible stories, good accounts. They're not just stories, they're accounts of what happened. But they're also bad ones. Now, he's the same God. Okay, well, wait a minute now. There are good accounts of what happened. I mean, you, you can read through and you can see where people were set free, people were delivered. I mean, departed the oceans and seas and all that kind of good stuff. But you know, there's also stuff in there that things didn't turn out so well for folks. Why is that? You ever think about why is that? Because God wanted you to have the whole picture. He loves us enough to give us the whole picture. There's things that happen that not, aren't of him but they happen because it's called life. Life is itself is a challenge. So there's things that happen in life that are challenging. That's why he gave his word, because he gave us the tools to overcome those life challenges. That's why it's important that you got to read the word. You have to know what the tools are used for. What is it for? What does it do? My car just broke down. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, get it fixed. Well, I don't have the money. Okay, so what do you need to do? You need to do what it takes to get the money. Well, I can only work so many hours. Okay, well, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I told you the most powerful prayer, God help me. I need help in this situation. And what God starts to do is he's the ultimate air traffic controller. And he'll start moving things and put you in touch with people. And all of a sudden, that thing that seems so difficult, he's taking, he's flowing you right into where you need to go. The word of God says, they said, the steps of a righteous man or art of the Lord. What's your responsibility in that? 
your responsibility is to walk. He didn't ask you to do nothing else. He said the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The only thing he asked us to do, the only thing he requires us to do is keep walking. I will direct your steps, but you keep putting one foot in front of the other. In other words, you cannot quit. You can't stop. Lord, what am I going to do? Lord, what am I going to do? You're going to keep walking. That's what you're going to do. The enemy, he tries to get you to think about all this stuff that's going on around you. What about this? What about that? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? I'm going to keep walking. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but how are you going to fix it? That ain't my job. It ain't my job to fix it. It's my job to keep walking. It's his job to fix it. And I told him up front, in, in the beginning of my relationship, and if you haven't told him this, tell him. Lord, if you do what you say you're going to do, I'm going to tell everybody. Lord, if you don't do what you, do, what you said you were going to do, I'm going to tell everybody. Amen. You're either real or you're fake. You're either the truth or you're a lie. There ain't no difference. There ain't no separation. There is no, no dividing line. Well, there's a gray area. No. It's black or white. Either you is or you, you ain't. Either you is or you ain't. Either you work or you don't. And I ain't for nothing that's fake. I've been walking in this for a while now. And I'm still walking with him. So evidently, he must have delivered what he said. Because if he hadn't, y'all know. Because I'd have told you. During the course of all these years. All right? All right, five minutes. That's going to be good. <laughs> um, give you some scriptures to write down. Matthew 5, 45. That's the scripture I told you about where he says he rains on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on all. Okay, that's, that's Matthew 5, 45. Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Heritage. Say heritage. Heritage means that's your right. That's a birthright. That ain't something that you're working for. That's something you already got. Amen. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Notice that it does not say that no weapon shall prosper. It says... No weapon shall prosper, but it does not say no weapon shall be, not be formed. In other words, weapons will be formed against you. Weapons will be formed against you, but he's telling you it won't prosper. 
stuff will come at you. And it's not the stuff, it's what you do with the stuff that counts. That stuff is just that. It's stuff. I know when they had, I remember back in the, the Gulf War, they were talking about when they flew missions or sorties, that the enemy would send up flak to try to hit the planes. But the planes would maneuver right on through it. You're the ultimate plane. You're the ultimate plane. You will maneuver through that stuff if you just keep walking. Some stuff will bounce, may bounce off of you, move you around. It's like, oh, I didn't expect that. But that doesn't change your course. Your course is a course of victory. You're going to win regardless if you just keep walking. All right. Y'all getting anything out of this? Okay. I got to see what I'm going to give you. And I got lots of, lots of good stuff. So I was like, man, this is... Miss Mary said, well, give me your notes. And uh, I said, Miss Mary, she's asking me about order of this and that and the other. It's a great question. But I'm like, Miss Mary, all I do is I sit down with him and I, and I write down what he said. I wish it was something more intense. But that's how he works with me. Times when I'm wiping off the car, he's talking to me about stuff. I write this, write this down when you get back in the house. And that's what I'll do. Now he took me back to, to Judges where Tim gave us, gave me that inf this information a while ago. And there's two things that I got to get in. That was uh, in Judges and then uh, the Lord had somebody send me in fact, had Kim send me Psalm 23 and the Passion. She didn't have any idea what I was teaching her. But uh, I'm going to get to those two things. But the first thing I had to get to is Judges 20, verses 4 through 48. That's key in the Message Bible because I'm going to have to give you a capsulation of it because of my time aspect of it. But um, they had a situation in Israel where the Benjamites, which was one of the tribe of, tribes of Israel, had uh, some wild folks in their camp. And they basically raped and killed a woman. And uh, the other 11 tribes said, hey, we need to do something about this. And so uh, they decided we're going to put this plan together and we're going to go to the Benjamites and we're going to tell them we need to get this person and execute them for doing that. And they went to the Benjamites and the Benjamites, their response was instead of, well, okay, I understand that makes sense, that's what we'll do. Their, their, their response was, no. We're not giving them up. And so the other 11 tribes said, well, we're going to put the troops together and we're going to go take them. And the Benjamites said, well, come ahead with it. Come on with it. So they squared off against their own folks. And so the tribes, the, the, the 11 tribes put an army together and went in. Well, first of all, they got, they said, what we're going to do tomorrow, we're going to go and we're going to get this, this, these people. Since they won't give them up, we're going to go in and take them. And uh, that's just all there is to it. And so they went in that next day like they said they would. And they uh, 
went in to try to take these men. And guess what happened? They got their tails whooped. They lost 25,000 men on the first shot. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. Something ain't right. So they went back and they, they asked of the Lord. And they said, Lord, Lord, do we do this? Is this what we're supposed to do? And the Lord said, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And so they went back out the next day and they went back down there and the same thing happened to them. They got their tails kicked. And they went back, they went back home and it was like, okay, we lost like 40,000 people. And we're in the right. How is that? Then they came to a point, they went out what last time? And they said, Lord, we inquire of you. Are you sure we're supposed to do this? And if you read the section, it says, you, read, you have to read the whole story, but it says in this section, it says, and again they inquired of God, the chest of God's covering was there at the time with Phineas and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, as the ministering priest. They asked, shall we again march into battle against the Benjamites, our brothers, or should we call it quits? And God said, attack tomorrow, and I'll give you the victory. That's what they forgot to get the first two times. Sometimes you go out and you do something, you forget about the, what's the plan. And you make up your own plan, which is what they did. Their plan was not God's plan. They lost 40,000 dudes, unnecess 40, dudes unnecessarily. They should have asked him that the first time. But you know what? Sometimes you don't do that in life. You try to figure it out for yourself, young man or young woman. And sometimes in doing so, you make mistakes. But the thing that you have to remember is this statement. The chest of God's covenant was there and still is. There he was in the, in the, in the human bodies of Phineas and Eleazar the priest. But you have a much higher priest. His name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Therefore, get his plan. Lord, what do we do about this? I need this. My children need this. What do we do? Don't go out and start trying to do something on your own. Because when it comes back and it doesn't work, you think, Lord, you, what is going on? Well, Lord's like, ask me first. And I'll do it. Because I know what needs to be done. You guessing. You know what you know, but you don't know what I know. This is new to you. It ain't new to me. Sit down and wipe off the car. Vacuum the floor. Wash some dishes. Those are those times where God says, 
this is what you need to do. Those quiet times. That's why it's important that prayer is not necessarily running your mouth. Sometimes prayer is sitting there and keeping your mouth shut and say, Lord, help me. Not start quoting scripture. He already knows what it said. Guess what? It was by him it was written. Sometimes you just need to be quiet. Shut up and let God be God. And he will direct your paths. Amen? Last scripture. And I'm going to sit down. Psalm 23, verse 1 through 6, in the Passion Translation. It says, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, a quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. That's why you need quiet time. That's why you don't always need to be running your mouth. Telling each other or your family or your friends or God. Sometimes you just need to say, Lord, help me. And shut And let him do the talking. Get you a pen and get you some paper and say, Lord, talk to me. And stuff will start coming up out of your spirit. And you don't need to even need, it's not your job to put it in order. Just write it down. He'll put it in order as you need it. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along the footsteps of righteousness so that I can honor his name. Lord, even when my, your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear, fear, say fear, will never conquer me. Say fear will never conquer me. For you already has. Fear will never conquer me because, Lord, you already have. I already belong to you. My steps are ordered of you. There ain't nothing the enemy can send against me that will prosper because I belong to you. It may not always look good, but it's going to work out good. Hallelujah. Your authority is my strength and my peace. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely. 
Kano was talking about that before. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my precious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. That's what it's all about. No matter what the enemy tries to send against you and, and tries to do to try to get you to doubt who God is in your life, God never changes. God never moves. Things, when they look bad, just know that God is still working on your behalf. He is not going to leave you out there by yourself. Just keep walking, folks. When stuff rises up against you, the word says like a flood, he raises up a standard against it. He's already thought that thing through before you even knew it was coming. Glory to God. He already has the answer before there's a problem. For you, personally, individually, he's already designed what's needed to make you victorious. Period. Amen? Say, I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what his word says about me. And I choose to believe that. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I trust you received something out of that. I know I did when I got it, and I did tonight too, or today too. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, man, you need to make that commitment, I'm telling you. With all the garbage and mess that's going on today in this world, in this earth, hurricanes, fires, and craziness and, and overseas, Craziness in the White House. And craziness over here and craziness over there. With all that stuff, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that, all that stuff is going on could drive you crazy. You'd be part of the craziness. You don't want to be that. And he's given us a way to avoid all that that way that he's given us to avoid all the mess that goes on. Natural and supernatural is Jesus. He said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Period. So if you're here today and you have not made that commitment to him, 
as every head is bowed and every eye closed. Today is your day. It's the day of new. It's the day that God can come in and change your life. I don't know how people make it with all the stuff that's going on without a relationship with Jesus. I just don't. I know with the things that I've gone through in my life before Jesus that would have led me down the wrong path, I thank him every day that he came into my life and took me from a place of darkness and death to a place of life and light. So if you're here today and you have not received Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to say this with me, and we'll repeat it with you. Say, dear God, thank you for your son Jesus. Right now, I make the commitment to accept him as the Lord of my life and the Savior of my life. Thank you for your son. I receive him now. In Jesus' name, amen. That's simple. If you've never prayed that prayer or a prayer like that before, you immediately have passed from darkness to light, just like that. And your life will never be the same. Now, that does not mean that you have to be a Christian superhero tomorrow or next year or next month. All that means is that you've been given the blood. To, you applied it. That blood that's been given, you've applied it to your life. And from this point forward, you've become his responsibility to get you where you need to go. Amen. You don't need no superheroes. There's already Captain America, Iron Man, Spider-Man. He don't need no more of them. Amen. All he needs is you, just like you are. And he will build you into what, you, what he wants you to be, because that's his job.